0: Welcome to Gucci Row on the Rebel HD2. I'm your host, Kevin Kelly, with co-host... Will Despark. Sitting Gucci Row like they say up at UNLV. Thanks for tuning in to our courtside conversations covering all things NBA. Young Rebel, young money, nothing you can tell me. What's up, y'all? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Your host Kevin Kelly, your co-host Will Despart, and as uh, as usual, we got a lot of uh, basketball to talk about today. Um, we're going to start with uh, yesterday. A lot of uh, a lot is an understatement. A lot of college basketball games. It was the start of the season. Specifically, uh, we'll talk about the Hall of Fame series that was here uh, at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. Um, there was uh four games that me and Will covered here. I don't know if you want to start by kicking off, but before we do that, how are you, bro? I'm doing good. Just working hard, getting some, getting
1: this paper, you know. Yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir. No, I feel that. Me too. Uh, so
1: go we ahead. Had the Hall of Fame series here yesterday uh, started off with USC versus Ohio State on the women's side. Ohio State was number seven entering the game. USC entered number twenty-one but they have the top recruit in the country Juju Watkins who's from Los Angeles she's 18 years old the story of the game for Las Vegas natives though was obviously Aaliyah Gales coming back to town uh, she was shot I believe it was 19 times just about a year and seven months ago it was April 2022 and it's obviously been like a big grind to get her back with the program and it was a very emotional scene in the press conference after the game with like the coach Lindsey Gottlieb and her just sharing a moment about their journey and it was a touching moment for sure yeah no that was that was special
0: to see um and uh like you said all all of her family and everyone in town for it was was special and that's it's a truly yeah (laughs) it's a truly inspiring story too um her strength and uh resilience is uh, incredible there but also like you said um juju had uh thirty two, six and five in the win. She was ridiculous. Uh and, and uh, passed the eye test with flying colors. I mean she um and I uh, coach said I remember in the press conference after that that she was putting up similar stats against the uh she was laughing when she said it against the um male scout team.
1: Yeah, that was funny. And
0: that like this is just normal for her and to get used to it basically.
1: She looked wise beyond her years. Like, she didn't look like an 18-year-old out there. It was really surprising to me, honestly, to, like, see her play and realize she's a freshman. Mm-hmm.
0: And her size, too. Like, she's six, a full 6'2", really strong, but plays, like, you know, um, low to the ground and is a really good guard. She she, she was special this season. If she's sure. there for a
1: full four years, it could get scary because if she develops, she could really be a, a huge star.
0: No doubt. Um and like we mentioned while we were watching um the the size difference between the whole team the two teams was pretty astounding too at every position USC was like significantly bigger than USC uh i'm sorry <laughs> at every position USC was significantly bigger than ohio state <laughs> but um yeah that that was a fun one to start it off and then second one um we uh it, it was uh Oregon versus Georgia uh infale dante was a monster in that one he had 16 points 21 boards and uh brendan rigsby w- was really good for them in the win too um there's i haven't seen many mocked prospects in for the nba and either of those teams um but yeah that, that was a fun one too and then the third one uh if you want to <laughs> get into this one too we saw the uh number one seed go down in
1: the first game of the season yeah, I mean, what a performance by the Tigers last night, huh? <laughs> Just kidding. They were not great. Um, Post game, Kim Mulkey said that she she wasn't going to call out any players, but she only brought the one freshman. I forget her name, honestly. I don't even remember. But she brought her in. She didn't bring in Angel or Haley. So it was, in her first like opening line of the press conference was, "I was dis I was." disappointed in, like, certain players. So it, it seemed very much alluding to, like, okay, she, Angel and Haley didn't do what they were supposed to do. Yeah,
0: spe- specifically she mentioned um, leadership when she was talking about that. And, uh, yeah, that, that definitely points to that. Um, yeah, so H- Haley Van – that was her – Haley Van Litt's debut, too, for LSU. Um, she had 14 points and 7 assists on 4 of 11. Um they didn't shoot the ball well as a team. Uh, Angel had 15 and 12 rebounds on 5 of 16. And um, the Buffs were led by Frida Foreman, who had 27, 5, 5, and 2 steals, and seven threes. She was 7 from 11 from behind the arc. Um, they also had big contributions from um, Jalen Sherrod and their center, Arnett Vonley, who's actually Noah Vonley's brother of the Shan- Shanghai Sharks. And, uh, um.
1: but yeah that, that, was, that was a really fun game too. Buffalo was imp- impressive there um, Well another thing is they've been together for a while so that's a team that when they go against a team like LSU who just really got put together they lost a few pieces but they added Haley Van Lith and when you add a piece that big to a lineup that just won the national championship you gotta question what chemistry issues might arise and obviously Colorado took advantage of that being a team that's played together for years and grew together and just yeah familiar with each other. Yeah, they um and the finally gave them a lot
0: of trouble in the paint. Like they weren't able to, to get much going uh in the paint either, but that's that's a good point. They uh they they were fun to watch. And then the last game was uh USC versus Kansas State. It was um Isaiah Collier's Collier's debut with um USC. He had uh, 18 points and 6 assists on 7 of 9 shooting in 25 minutes. Um, Boogie Ellis had 24, 5, and 8 rebounds on 3 of 7 from deep. There was um, no Bronny in yesterday's game. He's still recovering. But uh, Savannah and Bryce were in attendance. And uh, I saw in an interview at the Lakers game that um, LeBron mentioned that Brownie's going to get reevaluated at the end of the month and uh if he's cleared he's gonna begin practicing or scrimmage and playing so that's good to see too uh did you have any thoughts about the usc game
1: well first off Bronny coming back is just another great thing for usc obviously it added to a really good day with alia being there and Bronny being on the sidelines first off that was i think the biggest victory of the day for them basketball side uh for the game i thought collier looked like a top prospect obviously like he looks NBA ready right now like it's gonna be a very fun season watching him I think USC could make a run with like I I like players like Collier in the tournament that can just get it done like yeah and they're mature like he plays like a senior, and that's what you need. You don't you don't want a freshman that's gonna like, it does like a Ben Simmons who withers and can't <laughs> carry a team as a freshman. And we saw that like yeah we, he was a top prospect, but he wasn't carrying that LSU team anywhere. I man. think that's more so the rule than you know. So
0: it's yeah. it is impressive to see like especially like you mentioned um, his maturity out there. Like he turned the ball over I think six times. He made some silly mistakes, but in general um with the rock in his hand he looked really comfortable
1: uh they didn't seem like mistakes he was forced into though they kind of seemed like mistakes yeah. he was kind of like playing too free with well, himself and, well like, and
0: and just like everything else besides like his change of pace his vision his ability to uh work within the offense and most of all his efficiency like all these things looked really mature besides the turnovers but yeah, I think too. One thing that stood out to me, I guess, like I mentioned with Juju, is, is his size. Uh, he's listed at six five. I'm not sure what his weight's listed at, but he is built like a linebacker, and the strength it, like jumps off the screen. Whether it's like um, on the perimeter at the point of attack defense, or whether he's trying to get into the lane or finishing at the rim, like we saw at every level last night, that his strength was really impressive. Yeah, he doesn't look like an 18 year old either.
1: Yeah, crazy. That's it. I mean when I was 18 I was just fat and <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> yeah.
0: no it, it is crazy um it it is impressive uh and they're going to be fun too they have some I th- know they mentioned in the presser last night that uh obviously Boogie's uh a fifth year senior and they have you know a good split of upper and underclassmen so there's going to be a lot for Collier and uh Brownie and the likes of them to develop uh, while also having that senior leadership to to help for moments in the tournament, like you said, where they can allow Collier to step. One
1: up. One thing I'll say about Brownie too is when we saw him walk in, he was really small. Like he he, he looked. I, I didn't realize what's he listed Collier, at height wise like
0: six three. He's not six three. I think he is because I didn't realize Collier was six five. He he looks all of six two six three to me. Uh, Collier Maybe. does, and then Brownie's like an inch or two shorter than him. But now that I see. If Collier's actually 6'5", I could see Brownie being 6'3". But also, yeah, who's to say he's... I, I'm not convinced he's done growing either. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's, he's still 18, so... Yeah. Um, But that that was a fun one to watch. I'll obviously be keeping tabs on USC
1: all year. They're going to be a fun team. I've been interested to see what Bryce is going to turn into. The other James kid, because he looks like a freak. He's really like, growing, yeah. At, at his tapes, he, like, he looks
0: insane. He's at Notre Dame prep now, I think. He just... Uh, transfer but yeah that'll be really fun Uh, obviously um, he's gonna do the whole college tour like Brownie did too so now I'm interested in that but beyond that like I mentioned there was uh, uh, countless other college games today in the uh, first game of the season just wanted to talk about a couple quick winners and losers Um, we'll start with some I guess loser or winner depending on how you want to look at it winner I guess because we can talk about the other sports too but uh, James Madison upset Michigan State um, in the first game of their season. Michigan State went one of 20 from three, which I guess would make them the loser, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I
1: don't know if you have thoughts about that one. I mean, Michigan State hasn't really been the Michigan State of old in recent years. Like, they haven't won tournament games that you expect, even as, like, a lower seed. Like, And that was their MO as, like, winning games as a underrated team, and now they suck. So, I mean... Yeah, what are we doing? Is those <laughs> kind of like Belichick, where the game's them by? <laughs> yeah, and then
0: uh, what was it about their their? I don't really know much about this. I just saw it in passing. But James Madison's football and soccer team were. Doing pretty exceptional. Well, yeah, their too, football right?
1: teams nine and zero, but they're not bowl eligible because some garbage rule of the NCAA where you aren't bowl eligible in your first like few years of oh, yeah, FBS yeah, yeah. football. So they just moved up from the FCS, which is like lower division one. I level, hate that. It's stupid. It's yeah, supposed I mean. to be like a protective rule, right? They have the yeah, same but thing for the way that the reason they're like being pissy about like not approving them for bowls. They don't want to give them like a like one up on like a team that wasn't. Like, invited to a bowl in their first year up, and it's insane because no team has ever been this good. Is that well.
0: is that, like, actually the, the like, ex- not excuse, the justification well, yeah, for why? Yeah, they're
1: saying, well, why? No one else has gotten this before, so why should you? Well, because they're undefeated because in that, there. Like, yeah, that's why. And th- another thing is, uh, before we get this podcast completely try-checked with James Madison University <laughs> talk, <laughs> another thing is they can't get ranked now and, like, aren't eligible for, like, their conference championship because there's no incentive to put them in like any game that can decide a bowl Mm. because they can't play in it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And that's, that's wild.
0: That remind that it's similar to me too. I don't know. It sounds like a lot different reason, which is why I don't know if it's the same thing, but when you like, I don't know what school it is, but if you move from division two to one, you're ineligible for the tournament. For the for basketball
1: for the first couple yeah, it's of the years, same, it's the same idea. It's like I thought it was supposed to be a. It's protective because they rule. don't want you to like say. I thought that was the reason. It's because they, they don't want you to like build up a program with like friend, like they don't want you to like take a team from Division Two and move them up to Division One for a few years and stack them with five stars, and then all those five stars disappear, and then you go back down to Division Two. Like that's what it prevented against. Mm. But I I don't really know if that's ever happened. Like. Functionally it's just like a random like, but it's useless like, rule. Yeah. I mean, it's something obviously happened to trigger it. Sure. But I, I really don't know. Uh-huh. All right. Another loser we got. Um, oh, I didn't watch.
0: To be clear, I didn't watch this or have many comments about it. But Oklahoma State uh, lost to
1: Abilene Christian. That, uh, that's interesting. I mean, yeah. This is – there was a lot of bad matchups yesterday. So there was a lot of – potential for these horrible and we saw one thing we saw what a few weeks ago in a scrimmage maybe it was last week stanislaus state a division two team played nevada and they it was 84 80 they got within four points in nevada who was a mountain west team
0: Mm -hmm.
1: then they played st mary's last night and they lost 107 to (laughs) 28 so i mean Anything can happen, type of yeah. Or Nevada is just the worst basketball <laughs> team in Division One. One of the two. So another a winner
0: from yesterday, the uh, defending champs UConn. Um, they they won by like forty. They were favored by like twenty five in the game. Um, they're going to be really impressive, I think, again this year. They have Donovan Klingon, who's uh, the seven something foot kid, who's uh, mocked in a lot of places in the top 20 and then stefan castle who's mocked as a top three point guard in a lot of uh drafts and you know i'm a big fan of dan hurley and uh what they did last year so um yeah i don't know like last it's insane to me that they won the tournament with an average margin of victory of
1: 20 they're like the miami Heat or like the boston red Sox of like the like the ncaa because they'll always be bad they like shit they shift shapes like they, they're always back, like, they come back like once or twice a decade, once a decade, but it's a, with a new coach, a new system, a, a different type of player, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's insane to see. It's unique because you see these blue bloods like Duke and Kansas and UNC, and they're great for decades they're great nonstop, and then you have connecticut who will win a national championship and then bottom out and then fire their coach and then hire another coach and then yeah. go win a national championship and repeat the
0: cycle well and those former team and teams that you mentioned always are at the top of um ratings for draft um for prospect classes too uconn's not the same way that they go through coaches and fluctuation and winning their um draft class qualities goes up and down consistently like you're not always seeing top prospects commit to UConn, but then, that, like you said, they'll get a, a coach that garners that. and uh, In a way, though, right I now.
1: think that almost helps them because the top prospects leave after a year. If you can get great players in, like, the 50 to 80 range or, like, 50 to 100 range who are going to stay for two or three years and you can build them up to when they're, like, juniors or, like, seniors that they would be as good as those yeah. Prospects, I mean, that's what wins the national championships, and that's what won the national championship last year. With a guy like Jordan Hawkins, who scored 31 points last night for the Pelicans mm-hmm. after playing what three, four years of college, like yep. I, he's been getting a
0: ton of shots. I up feel like there.
1: the pendulum shifting on the age thing in the NBA. Like, I feel like more teams are going to want guys who played in college because they can come in and play playoff basketball right away. I think Hawkins is another good example of that. He's yeah. come in and he started some games for
0: Miami, like, just yeah, his uh, ability to impact the game. I, in in between the lines, so to speak, from having that um, that those years of understanding, I agree. Um, and then another uh, W from yesterday, I think, would be Kentucky, who's off to a good start. They, in usual Calipari fashion, had five of their eight rotational players guys were freshmen yesterday. Um, they were led by Rob Dillingham off the bench, who had 17 points in 19 minutes. <laughs> Um, he was six of eleven. He's one of the shiftiest maybe the shiftiest, uh, you know, player in the country. And then DJ Wagner had thirteen, and Justin Edwards, who is another top whatever five uh, high school prospect, had twelve. So the, I'm always enamored by watching Kentucky basketball just because they have such good NBA guards, and and I like watching for prospects. So that that's a team that I'm always gonna have fun watching. Through, yeah, think. they'll
1: always find someone, right? Like it's if you're going to be an NBA player, you gotta like that's got to be the number one school on your list because I mean, I, there was like a graphic I saw on Twitter the other day, and mm-hmm. it was like every like Kentucky like r- impact player in the NBA, and it's like the graphics of the players looked like little squares because there were so many of them. It's insane. They couldn't fit them all on the screen. The only
0: one at this point that compares is Duke because while in sheer numbers they don't compare to kentucky i saw a stat that duke has the most starters currently in the nba yeah. so like
1: that's also a recent thing too with duke though like duke was a huge power doing it a different way yeah like the, like the, the they did it they the did it with like the four year players yeah and yeah, then yeah. they had and that's credit to shesky like that's that's a shift that we haven't seen like shape like nick saban in football really be able to make like Saban wins just off sheer talent like he always has, but he hasn't really morphed with, like, the NIL standards of recruiting. Like, he's Yeah, still,
0: like, and we've seen moments where, like, Calipari's teams have not been as good based on that, and, like... Yeah, I wonder if like you know, obviously like you mentioned with Sabin, they saw some friction this year. I wonder if if like you said, if
1: they saw like well, real people, losing. People people have now. been wanting Calipari out for a few years. Like it, it's been hot in Lexington for yeah. a while because the thing is, he coaches guys to get to the NBA. He doesn't coach guys to win the national championship. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And if you're a blue blood like Kentucky, that doesn't work. But
0: I guess you could make the argument that it does. If, I mean, it,
1: I'm saying it doesn't work a, for, like,
0: the fans in the school. Because, I think it does because they're, like, the bi- maybe
1: the biggest brand in college basketball and they has, have, like, such... Uh, well, yeah, but they're disgruntled still and they're miserable every March. Sure. Like, sure, it carries, like, a name brand thing, obviously, and but they, they, they're still... The Red Sox were still the biggest name brand in baseball and they didn't win the World Series for 86 years. So, I mean, com- if, if you lose, it doesn't really matter. No, it's fair,
0: but, like... They were also really profitable during that, in that time. I hate to like I'm conjecturing, but I would imagine that Kentucky is among the more profitable college basketball teams in in the country still. Whether they're, you know, and I think that's just uh, also because of the top prospects. Because at the end of the but day, fans like, don't care about profits. No pro- prospect. I was going to say no. I think that that's because of the prospects. Like when if you're getting the top guys who are going to be in the NBA, <laughs> like um, and be. Uh, big contributors there I think that it's well worth to some fans many fans even to to follow that regardless of winning and, and I'm not saying that that justifies like not wanting to build a team that wins but still. I
1: guess but that kind of like goes against what we know about college sports fans right it's like they're very tribal and it's very like yeah no sports I'm, I'm talk by, radio and like, by no means saying, the saying that they
0: don't want to win you know I'm not saying that I'm just saying that um if you're if you're getting the most NBA players by far out of any college, that that carries some weight in in versus a school that would be doing the same amount of winning and and, and not carry that tradition.
1: Well, yeah, obviously, because sure. if you're not doing any winning and you don't get any prospects, no, I'm saying doing ass. the same amount of winning. <laughs> not,
0: it's not that they're doing no winning.
1: <laughs> no, I got you. Um, and
0: then, <laughs> the, yeah, that's all I got really about college basketball. <laughs> but um. It was a fun first day. It looks like it's going to be a really fun year, so I'm excited to keep tapping in with that, especially more than I have in the last couple of years, uh, f- f- um, save for prospects. So, Speaking of prospects, just a little bit of rookie talk in the NBA. Um, uh, you know, right now, just a handful of games in. The Wembenyama versus Holmgren conversation is is really fun. I mean, uh the the stats are so Chet has seventeen points per game, eight rebounds, two point seven assists, two point four blocks, and he's shooting fifty five percent from the field. and uh, he looks like really comfortable initiating offense, taking bigs off the dribble. I saw someone mention, I don't know who to give credit to. <laughs> I'm bad with that. that he ranks among the best in the league among anyone in ISO efficiency, though it's a small sample size. Um, and he doesn't need a huge role that he's got to fill on offense, so he hasn't been, uh, you know, forced to do so much. That's been fun to watch. And then Wemby we've talked about, obviously, so I don't know if you have thoughts about those two versus each other. I mean, so I think
1: Chet just having the extra year really benefited him, even with the injury. Like, you yeah, just to rehab, so it's not perfect, but, I mean... A big thing of him was just getting his body up to, like, NBA standards and getting his mind up to NBA standards. It's a lot different than college. It's a lot more intense than college. And, you know, I think he probably would have struggled his rookie year if he had to go in right from Gonzaga because, I mean, we saw that Gonzaga team struggle against, like, the Blue Bloods when they played. Like, and we saw Chet struggle in the conference tournament when we went and saw him in person. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's a guy I think who needed that year. And And
0: I saw... Jalen Williams, uh, J Dub was parroting that on the uh, on JJ Reddick's pod recently. He mentioned that I I wouldn't I don't know if he phrased it that he needed it, but he definitely said that his ability to take last year just to
1: rehab and take it all in um, and learn and all that definitely. And that's a good point too about taking it all. in. these kids are still nineteen years old. Like if you suffer, like I mean, yeah. even without an injury it's a grind like imagine right imagine being 19 years old and having to travel across the country on a nightly basis to play a basketball and get torched by the media well, i mean it's very and, high expectations and it's probably very tiresome
0: yeah and you think about it too you go right from the draft to summer league and then not long
1: and then you're in training camp yeah there is no time it's not like it bass your whole life up to the nba basketball is a game and it's fun and it's yeah. There's no obligations. You're just going and playing basketball. And even as a top prospect, you're still you go everywhere and you're the star and you're like no everyone wants to be nice to you and everyone wants to throw flowers at you. And then you get to the NBA and it's the complete opposite. It's a job and the media isn't there to be nice to yeah. for you. The media is there to really not be nice to you and get what they want in terms of like comments and sound bites. It's like Definitely. Yeah, no, I agree. And um yeah I think that
0: uh also like I said too about his role i think is a huge part like i i think that the one thing that I've been most impressed by is uh which I will say I think that I was in front of in prediction, but uh he hasn't he hasn't really been hassled by his size or his Quote unquote lack of strength inside on defense. He's been one of the best rim deterred. Tur-
1: I don't ever want to hear that argument again. That guy's too thin in the NBA. <laughs> it's basketball, dude. It's 2024. <laughs> Kevin Durant is a string bean, and he's the best offensive basketball player to ever walk the earth. I and mean, he's been in. Look at Wemby. Wemby's the best prospect. Wemby might be the best basketball specimen <laughs> in the galaxy in history. Yeah. And he's. A string bean, and and to your point,
0: KD has been on successful lineups where he was the five, the small ball five. Like this is today's basketball. Yes, does not require some brute. Like uh, I don't even want a guy
1: like Wemby or KD to bulk up. I want them to stay thin so their jumper stays fine. I don't want them to bulk up so they start shooting bricks. I
0: think you mentioned recently, like uh, I don't even know how you'd put it, but like something about just like strength within like.
1: Uh, pliability, like, within range of motion. Yeah. You want to have, like, flexibility, but you don't want it, the flexibility to be, like, so flexible that you're just wild. Like, you want right. you want a decent, like, it's really pliability. I mean, I'm sure I explained it much better then. I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. tripping right now, but.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, all right, so one other rookie I am going to, we would be remiss to not speak about is Asar Thompson, who, uh is a wing on the Pistons and has been phenomenal. He has 12 so far, 12 points per game, 8.9 rebounds. I'll say that again. 8.9 rebounds. He's a 6-7 wing. Um he, that's more than Chet and Wemby by the way. But 3.8 assists, which his playmaking has been really really impressive, especially um in transition too. Um and then 1.5 steals and 1.9 blocks. The blocks too, like when you look at totals, he's up there in the top of the league again as a six seven wing like he's been really special he's he's struggled on the offensive end a bit he's shooting 40 percent um but yeah he's already their best wing defender and his discipline on ball and positional awareness has been remarkable to watch so
1: that really doesn't surprise me because you saw both those thompson brothers before the draft and they're really high basketball iq and yeah like, that's the type of basketball you expect from a guy who plays the game smart. Like, if he, even when he's not killing it on the offensive end, he's still incredibly valuable to his team.
0: Yeah, and to your to your point, we did see it, and we saw an OTE, which so many people were skeptical about. And I think that the tide is significantly turning on how people look at, like, maybe not leagues like that in general, but the OTE league... Like, when you look at the Thompson Twins and then also Alex Sar, who I know I've mentioned to you a couple of times, who plays for the Perth Wildcats, he's, mm-hmm. like, 7-1, projected to be top five in the next draft. He played there, too. And, yeah, like, I think that those guys look really well-developed. And also, like,
1: right, like... If you're good enough and you have it, the NBA is going to find you. Sure, I but... I mean, we had... I mean, look at Finley Prep that was here in Nevada for years. Like, that was run by what, that that car dealer guy who like sure but my point I think the key difference I was in a real school
0: exactly I think the key difference here is that like I think what I've and it, this could be a testament of the people's personalities too that I'm speaking about but their players that, that have come through that program have such um, good understanding of what it means to be a pro and um, that I think that that's something that is very worth talking about when you're looking at prospects for sure um and then yeah to just a a couple more things that i'll mention really quick before we get out of here uh cam thomas on the nets shooting 28 48 on averaging 28.7 points per game that's been special scotty barnes has taken a huge leap um in in this year after a regression in year two um and then Anthony Edwards had, uh, just had back-to-back-to-back buckets in OT over the Celtics and then locked up Tatum to close it. And the Wolves have the number one defense. And uh, lastly, Tyrese Maxey is averaging 25.5, 4.5 rebounds, and 7.3 assists on 50%, 44% from three, and 93% from the free throw line. So special stuff. Um, and a lot going on in the basketball world. We'll be back for you next week, but that's uh, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming on again. My name is Kevin Kelly. I'm Will Despart. Appreciate y'all. That's a wrap for Gucci Row this week. Thanks for tuning in on the Rebel HD2 with your hosts Kevin Kelly and Will Despart. Sitting Gucci Row like they say up at UNLV. You can find us on Instagram at one kevkelly kelly and will despart. We'll see you next time on the Rebel HD2.